Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 59 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. James, before we get talking today about your glorious weekend, I have some news to share with you that I feel like you're really going to appreciate, will given I be, your past history. Will I be singing for joy? Uh, you Well, maybe. I don't know. But I just wanted to let you know that your man, James Blunt, is going to be hosting a TV show about homebrewing. My man? I didn't know I was that close uh, to James Blunt. I mean, you may have done some karaoke in the past featuring James Blunt. Not gonna... I wasn't there for it, so I can't attest to how good it was or not. Well, as the listeners who have listened to previous episodes where I try my singing abilities... Oh, that's true. You have sung on this podcast. (laughs) uh, I'm pretty sure they would attest that it was probably not very good. And actually, the story behind that was essentially my aunt used to take us on ski trips every year. So for this one year, we couldn't find any restaurants nearby. And so my aunt took us to like a bar type restaurant and they happened to have karaoke and being 10 years old and wanting to do karaoke. You were definitely not 10 years old. I was first of all. I was very little. No. Okay. Let me just. Okay. You did. I did. James Blunt. You were beautiful. That you were not 10 years old. I was 10 years old. I will bet money that you were not 10 years old when this song you Are Beautiful by James Blunt came It was when out. it was popular, so I'd, when was that? Not when you were 10 years old. It came out, I believe, in like 2004. So you were definitely not 10 years old. You were 15 years old. <laughs> okay, so close enough. 15-year-old boy singing You're Beautiful. Yeah, so a 15-year-old boy in the middle of puberty, you can guess how that would sound. Yeah, needless to say, I got booed off the stage, and um, <laughs> yeah, that ended my singing career. Well, maybe it didn't because I keep trying to, you know, you keep trying to bring pocket. it back. It's not keep happen. trying to bring it back, it's but I happen. realize I'm not good at it. So, uh, you know, let's let's keep what I'm good at. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this is going to be on Amazon Prime. I could not find a release date. There were a couple sources out there reporting the story, um, but I did not see when it was actually going to be coming out. But it will be just a bunch of teams of homebrewers battling it out for a championship. Now I'm wondering, is this going to be filmed in the UK? Are they going to focus on beer styles and beers that are popular right now over in the UK? I don't know. I haven't, there wasn't a lot in the article about what exactly is going to go on in this competition, but I do think it is going to be filmed in the UK because the independent was the first source that I found that was reporting on it. And that's a UK newspaper. So I think that it's going to be filmed over there. And also they spelled program the British way. And I always want to say like program a, cause there's always an E on the end of the British way to say program, but we'll have to see where it goes. If it's going to be on Amazon prime, it's going to be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not the first that we've heard of where, you know, pop, you know, people that were in the limelight or in different industries have come out in homebrew. I mean, Will Wheaton, he did some YouTube videos back in the day of his brew days. Uh, it wasn't a competition, but again, he was an actor. So it just shows, you know, they do other things. They do other things other than act, but it was or sing, it, yeah. that was hilarious though. Yeah. But yeah. So interested to see how. His singing talents will transfer over to homebrewing. Yeah, I'm sure we'll watch it if it comes out soon. Anywho, just thought you would appreciate that, James. Thanks, Shannon. You're welcome, as always. What else you got going on? You had a pretty exciting weekend. I did. So just like you had your solo brew day on your automated kitchen appliance, 
<laughs> I had my solo brew day on my brand new three volt electric SS Brewtech 20 gallon system, three kettle system with the rims. And boy, was it fun. I just wanted everyone to clap for you because it's a long time coming. <laughs> yes, it was. Definitely a long time coming. Definitely had to do my research. And I know there's plenty. I had plenty of questions before getting the system. Once I got the system, trying to put it all together because I went above and beyond. I didn't just get the three vault kit. I wanted to basically create my setup of my dreams. And that included their valve tree. And there's just a whole lot of other parts that you need to get going on that. That's no directions anywhere on how to do it, obviously, because you know, you're expected at that level that you're able to piece it together. So I have gotten some requests to share kind of like what our setup is. So I'll have to list those components and everything moving forward. But it was mm-hmm. a great brew day. Yeah. So what did you make this time? What was your inaugural brew? So this was actually a brew that I was supposed to do on my grandfather when I was going back to the basics with recipes and figuring out really what each hop does to the different recipes, what the different flavor profiles I can get out of those hops, and whether the cryo hops versus standard hops versus wet hop, what the differences in flavor aromas that I can get out of each one. So then when I go and do my more complicated IPAs and hoppy beers, that I can really bring those characteristics that I like out of each hop, even though they do say Um, you can look up um, what each hop's supposed to do. But as a personal preference, you know, you really want to taste it and see, really have the hands-on element to that. So this was a smash recipe IPA using the Simcoe hops, which is just a very easy and dynamic hop. That's one of my favorite hops to use. Mm -hmm. Usually you'll see that hop in pretty much many, many IPAs that you find out there in some way, shape, or form. Now, can we go back? What is a wet hop? So wet hops would be like when our I was growing hops in our backyard and I added those into the beer. So okay, so not like hops. the little pellet? No. So the, yeah, food? so pelletized is usually the typical hops that homebrewers get and that I get is the pelletized versions. And then the wet hops is just describing the ones that is actually the whole hop itself. The cone? That, yeah, the cones, exactly. That you'll end up ne- needing more of those than the pelletized version. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Just so, wanted to, in case someone didn't know what a wet hop was, just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a question that I think I had as well when before looking into it. Back when you were a back brew when, baby. Back when I was a brew baby, a little brew baby, little brew baby James. <laughs> yeah, that that was fun. But yeah, so the brew day went very smooth for the most part. What was the most difficult part of it? So I would say the most difficult at first was just navigating the comf- my comfort level with this new system and just basically running through my brew day using water te- a water test before to mm-hmm. kind of see the pathway of, okay, it needs to go from this valve to here, go through this pipe, go through this tubing, turn on, I'll turn on the pump here, then I will change my temperature, just basically the cadence of the brew day. And that made a huge difference to my brew day and how enjoyable it was because I had that familiarity with my system just by testing it with water. Well, and you also found that one of the connections wasn't as tight as you thought it was. So there was a little leakage in your water run, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. 
And all the equipment, when you first first use it, you need to do a pre-clean and just make sure that any of that residue from the manufacturing processes is kind of removed from the kettles and from um, all those kind of components that mm-hmm. might be stainless steel, et cetera. Uh, so as part of that, before I even added the chemical to clean it um, and do my five-star chemicals as well as my sanitizer and get that all nice and clean i made sure to just use regular water don't go crazy with boiling water because if you do have those leaks or you do find those things it will make your life more difficult to try and close a clamp quickly or take something apart and kind of retweak where you have valves or your hoses i'd say what made my brew day even easier was the idea that I had of using the quick disconnects um, on the tubing Mm -hmm. versus just all your uh, standard clamps that you use to connect your hosing, um, which are included in the kit. So I did have to go to um, some other sites to get the quick disconnects that I needed to fit the size. I believe SS Brewtech might have some, but I didn't go through them. I went through some other sites to find those and they're about like $7 a piece. So they aren't cheap, but they definitely made the brew day experience much easier in the assembling and disassembling mm-hmm. and cleaning much easier at the end of the process. Okay, I thought $7 was cheap, so that's good to know. For Well, if you need 16 of them, 7 times 16. I guess, that's true. And we're not even going to do the math here because, as we I said in our last math. episode, can't do math. Some other key things. So I was asked by a couple homebrewers who saw our videos on our Instagram at Double Hoppy Podcast. Just really... On my setup, how I liked it, and you asked that question, which is great. And they also asked what was the biggest game changer from using my all-in-one system going to this system. So other than the obvious of the power, the increase in power. It was a lot faster. Yeah, though heating up my strike water and my boiling temp was just a breeze in this SS Brewtech system. It was just flawlessly easy. And I did end up choosing the manual mode for the boil so I wouldn't get a boil over, which was a great recommendation I saw on some other homebrewers' uh, YouTube channels. So thank you for those recommendations. Again, I used anywhere from 45 to 55% power in manual mode once that boil was going and that worked out well for me. The real game changer though, this one piece that they've newly come out with and you can actually purchase these without getting the whole system, they sell it as an accessory, is their pure flow valves. And I was a little intimidated by them at first when I first got them because I'm like, What's a pure flow valve? So basically this valve is basically sanitary valve for brewing where it uses a silicone membrane to integrate the TC gasket geometry inside that gasket. So basically you have your turn knob and that's all you need to do is turn it counterclockwise to open your valve and then clockwise to close. So it's just, it gives you that ability to really dial in your flow of your wart um, to really manage how much liquid you have going through a certain tubing and really like I was my fear was that I wouldn't know if it was open or closed Mm -hmm. or I would forget that I would have something open and then I would have my wart going like out into my fermenter when I didn't want it to or I'd have it going to an area that I didn't want it to but it was so simple that when you actually get your hands on it, and these things do have some weight to it, which I was surprised too. They're very well made. And you, it saves from the TC connections as well because it has that diaphragm in it that mm-hmm. you can make the connections, which was great too. So it was really easy. And I really like just being able to turn the knob versus your 
other valves that you either have to the butterfly ones where you either have to kind of like make like a gripping motion mm-hmm. to and to turn it this was just very easy and it didn't take up a lot of space which i love so that was a game changer for me that valve the other i'd say the other learning curve for me was just the amount of extras that i had to get um which i kind of already mentioned yeah i feel like every time i turned around you're like oh i gotta buy this oh i gotta do this oh, and I it's something extension cords. and it's something i didn't think i would need like for example the number one thing was the power cords needed so unless you're mounting your controller your e-controller right up on that wall within a foot or two of where your 30 amp outlets are you're going to mm-hmm. need to buy their buy their power power cord extensions and they're not cheap they're like $50 a piece I was going to say I thought they were somewhere around there Yeah so for me one of the most frustrating parts with building this kit was just the not knowing of what I needed until I actually assembled and yeah. opened the boxes and saw what did it include what did it not include how do I make the system so if any of you've gone to SS Brutex website they have this beautiful picture with their new valve tree on manifold on it and kind of like their run through of their setup. However, the pictures aren't very clear on what you need, what's included in your kit. If you buy the kit, it's almost like the food pictures they take for restaurants, like advertised. You're like, Oh, that big Mac looks so good. And then you get the actual big Mac and you're like the heck. Yeah. Someone sit on this. Yeah. This is sexy. Look at this sexy picture. And then you get it and you're like, well, yeah, it's still sexy, but I'd like to know like where this goes. You know, like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to know where they put this or how they recommend setting it up because, you know, they've done a lot of testing on these systems. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do is do a lot of research and to see what worked for people, what didn't work. So to prevent, you know, I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on something mm-hmm. if I can spend half that much and accomplish the same thing necessarily. Yeah. Or buying things you find out you don't need and then returning things just ends up being a hassle. So you never end up returning it. So one of the biggest issues I had was buying their e-brewing cable extensions. So they come in four and a half feet for $40 or eight feet. And I believe they're like 10, $10 more than that. Mm -hmm. So one of the stupid questions I had when I got it, I was like, what the heck? Like all the power cords aren't here where I'm actually able to brew like right away. But again, if you don't have your, your two power outlets right up where you're putting your controller within a foot or two, you're going to need to get these cable extensions. And again, you can get ones that work for 30 amp if you're really good with um, electrical and you know where to go or those hardware stores that you know you can get those but I just didn't want to take that risk so I just went right through the same company mm-hmm. and one of the stupid questions I had to them was so there's two cords that come off your controller that are for strictly for the power and those are what connect into your 230 outlets and I noticed that it has on the cables it has the temp probe harness which has the temp probes that you'd use for your two kettles um, and hook them into your kettle. So basically Mm -hmm. you have your power cord and you have these little probes that stick into each other. Do it. So I was like, is it supposed to come? Like, can I not connect those? Do I need to connect them? They're like, no, those are just there in case you got them to connect your kettles. So I'm like, see, that makes sense. But I just had to ask the question. So it was a lot of back and forth for you. It wasn't like you got a manual that said, here's all the FAQs. You had to reach out and ask the questions. Right. And make sure you have a standard 120 volt outlet nearby as well, because 
you have one 120 power cord that comes off of your controller as well that's used to control your two accessory uh, 120s that are on the controller. Basically, it's lots of power. More power. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah, in, in, in like that show, definitely had some moments during my brew day where I Tim tailored it and literally realized that, okay, I didn't test the second of the two pumps that came with my kit. And sure enough, it would kill the power on whatever outlet I had it connected to. Could not take off the front plate, which I looked in the manual for the pump and it says you, you can unscrew that to get access to the inside of the pump. So it didn't work. So after I had my, you know, my five gallons of wort all ready to go and start my whirlpool, I had to basically disconnect the parts of my tree and the tubing and the connections to reroute everything to go through that first pump to then still be able to accomplish what I need to accomplish. So it it was fine. I noticed it right away, obviously, because the power went. And (laughs) after eliminating that it wasn't the outlets, it wasn't my power in our house, it wasn't anything like that. And basically then realized that it was the pump when I connected it to the other outlets in our house and didn't work, Mm -hmm. that it was the pump. That's the issue. So I reached out to SS Brewtech, still waiting to hear on what they say on that, on whether there's things I can do or what's going on with that. But they've been pretty good with everything else issues that I've had with this kit. Like it's not their fault. You know, things happen in manufacturing. Mm -hmm. Like I had a kettle that literally the, the power cable that connects your heating element wouldn't fit through the TC hole that's made to fit through on the kettle. And I eliminated that it wasn't just the kettle, it was the cord itself. So Mm -hmm. they are very good. They sent out a replacement. I sent back the the other one. And then also one of the kettles was lost in transit back when I first got it. Yeah. And they were very quick to rectify that. So for all those that have heard horror stories about how bad SS Brewtech support is, they're they, they've been amazing for me mm-hmm. and I'm just an average Joe. So it was, it was great to see that customer service on both Spike and SS Brewtech are still very good during this time of craziness with supply chain issues and everything else. Yeah, definitely. Cause you could get some pretty angry people out there and they are taking it all in stride. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you want to get brewing, but on the kind of the segue I was saying with the supply issues, uh, for those out there who are thinking about purchasing SS Brewtech gear, they have another price adjustment coming out October 1st of this year of 2021. Uh, So if you're thinking about getting certain products, they have a list of what the price is now, what it's going to be um, Mm -hmm. starting October 1st. So um, So if you want to buy, buy now. Prices are low, low, low. Well, they're not low. I know. (laughs) They're not low, but they're definitely, if you're on the fence and you're pretty much like me where your mind's made up, but you just haven't bit the trigger. Bit the trigger, yeah. Bit uh, the trigger, James. Bit the trigger, (laughs) bite the dust, burnt rubber. Bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. (laughs) You can't bite the dust, but that's a different meaning than bite the bullet. (laughs) Yeah. It just reminds me of Christmas vacation where Uh, you just can't get the burnt my rubber or eat my shorts yep yep but anyway great brew day had a lot of fun one of the other amazing things that kind of set up that was not necessarily related to the brewing equipment was uh seeing homebrewers idea to have a electrolic hoist to be able to lift the grains out of the mash tun, which was amazing oh my god so i got it on oh my god i sound ridiculous oh my god so i was like Wow, like what a game changer. Like 
thinking ahead of if I'm doing larger gallons of beer, that's going to mean more weight for your grains. And the kettle itself is got some weight to it as well. And, you know, being a small guy as myself, and usually (laughs) you're there to help me lift the things up. But, you know, unlike our grandfather that had its own basket connected Mm -hmm. and it was just very easy to lift up those um, spent grains, I had the forefront, not the forefront, I had the foresight to look into electric hoists where I found one on Amazon for $100, which I think is insanely cheap. Yeah, for that whole thing. For the whole thing where it literally it's like a power button and an up and down button and you just secure it to mm-hmm. your existing ceiling, I guess you'd say, your joists. And you just ha- get a reinforced beam like a... Put the hoist on the joist. You put the hoist on the joist. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, you just get... I went to Lowe's and got a metal bar and attached it to reinforce it and had my na- nice neighbor who's engineer... Mm-hmm. driven do a little equation for me and figure out how much load i could actually lift and i think i can lift up to four thousand pounds with it you will which, definitely need that which i will definitely need for my 20 gallon batches <laughs> not uh but yeah so it was awesome i was able to raise the whole uh kit and caboodle there and just tilt it and empty it into my grain bucket spent grains that went off to the pig farm so yeah. they're very happy for that i think you're gonna need a bigger bucket when you are doing bigger size. You're going to need a bigger the... boat. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. How many, how many movies can we reference in I this one know. episode? <laughs> I don't know. No, a bigger bucket because I f- once you have more grains, it's going to be harder to get yeah, it all exactly. in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most people just use like an old trash barrel it, oh, with the lid. And that's usually what they use. But yeah, it was a great, great experience. Loved the Whirlpool accessory on the boil kettle. Uh, didn't try out the condenser lid. I wanted to test out how... You want to see how much steam actually was produced, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, just to get a baseline for if I start doing efficiency calculations, um, how much water usage, uh, and all that fun stuff for those who are mm. already yawning, who aren't looking into these systems that are just, <laughs> just listening to me. us for our com- comedy and craft beer and home brewing talk. But again, I, I love the system. I'm glad I made that switch. Um, again, the negatives, the cleaning, more parts equals more cleaning. But other than that. And I don't know why in my head I thought the cleaning would be easier. So it depends. So, or faster, I guess. So I think once I actually get my cadence down, that time's going to go down as well as if I CIP the whole thing attached. But I'm a fanatic when it comes to cleaning. So I'd rather take all the components apart um, and just start off fresh for the next brew day. Just in case you never want to go through all that process mm-hmm. and all that time for nothing. But it, it was a blast. Very I really true. had a blast. The controller was amazing. Being so straightforward of setting your temperatures. Um, there was a little, uh, maybe a two to three degree difference from my actual manual temp readings. But again, I didn't mind that. I just would bump it up two degrees from what the actual mm-hmm. target was. And I actually hit my OG. I wow. hit my OG. That is impressive, James. On my first Good batch, job. I was, I was amazed by that. Uh, I did not. I don't think on mine. <laughs> Considering I, when my automated brew was done, I think what I had like 4%. Yeah, and like now that I know that you can actually correct it too by either adding 
water to your wort or adding DME um, into it. You can either, if it's too high or too low, you can adjust it to try and get it back to that. But most people just run with it. Um, that's usually what I'll do. I'll just be like, all right, well, I missed. Oh, well, I'll mm-hmm. just make up for it, you know. See what happens. See Go with what the happens. So that's in the fermenter. It should be ready next week. And your beer actually is It is ready. So, now. yeah, we, or I, sorry. We, you, I, go ahead. I, I last, or a couple of days ago, I, I transferred it from the fermenter into one of our uh, kegs and like a mini keg. So you took my recommendation. I did, James, because I didn't want to live with the scrutiny of not taking <laughs> the shame <laughs> and scrutiny that would have befell you. Not taking it. So yeah, I, it was very simple process. Um, there is a step to remove the trube with the pico brew, but we when I started doing that, there was almost no trube coming out. So I chose to not waste a lot of beer and let it flow longer. I shut it off, and then we just transferred it, and it was actually. I'd say overall it was like a 10 minute process to get it into the serving keg. And then it was mostly just cleaning from there. So, and it was the first time you actually connected the CO2. Yes. And then James showed me how to connect the CO2 to the tank may have let the tank fall over a couple of times, which James was not happy about. Didn't realize it was gonna be so top heavy. Well, see, I, I kind of laughed and I was like, you know what? I did the exact same thing because you don't realize that you'd think the weight of I thought it'd be, yeah, that'd be like would heavy. hold up the regulator that comes off the no. side, but no, it just goes. Yeah, it's very annoying. And I thought it was their fridge door hitting it. So then I was getting mad at the fridge. It was just a whole, a whole thing. Um, but we are waiting for it to carb and then we'll tr- taste it. I, see have, how I it, have to say it was happens. very rewarding to watch you get that into home brewing again and just really ask the questions and take ownership of it and not just hey can you hook up the co2 for me hey can you do this for me like you were like it's so rewarding isn't it like when you it's your baby and like you make it and like you're invested <laughs> see like i feel like with my like when i was doing my brews and you just casually th- like oh can i throw hops in sure or hey can you know can i try it can i do this now it's like i think you're realizing more and more like yeah why it's such a great hobby yeah, no, it was fun. Um, I think I'll definitely use the system again because it doesn't make a ton of beer, which I like because then I can have my own little keg. You can have your four taps at the bar and I'll have my little pony keg off in the corner. I think sh- I saw Shannon looking at some websites on stainless steel fermenters and I go, oh no, Shannon's getting addicted already. I was not. Yes, Dude, you were. I was not. Yes, you were. No. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to try it. Um, fortunately, I'm going away for a couple of days, so we're going to have to wait till I get back. But or who knows? Maybe I'll tap. No, into it. you cannot do that. that. Can, well, I'm that, not here. You can't drink my beer. That that pony I, keg is get, gonna be tapped no. before you get home. You get mad when I take us the first sip of your beer at a restaurant. So you cannot taste my beer without yep, me. Beer etiquette. No. No, I won't. I'll let you have that reward. I'll just make. We sure. have to have like a ceremonial like, um, naming of the beer or something. You know how they like christen ships? We have to like. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, Shannon. This is a two and a half gallon batch. Well, okay. It's going to be the best two and a half gallons you ever had. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see. That's the, that's the home brewing spirit right there, folks. It's probably going to be the worst two and a half gallons you ever had. Hey, well, if it is, then so be it. You'll give me honest feedback. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. On that note, James. On that I note. I think we should wrap it up for this episode. 
Well, speaking of wrapping it up, no, I'm just, I'm just I was kidding. like, what? No. You had that like surprise voice. The surprise like something voice. Was happening. The nighttime magic on no. Double Hoppy Podcast. No. There is no nighttime magic here. <laughs> no. What are you saying? This is this is not X-rated. Thankfully you used that terminology correctly. Good job. Well, that has been this week's episode of Double Hot Beat. Thank you all for listening. As always, we are looking for homebrewers to share their stories. So if you're interested, please shoot us a DM. And by DM, she means direct message us on our Instagram page at Double Hot Beat Podcast. And like your favorite podcast, with no commercials, no interruptions, we are independent. Keep us that way. Please remember to rate and review us on all your podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you listen to our podcast. That way, you don't have annoying ads cutting into our segments. Yeah, and it helps other people find us, so we really appreciate it if you would do that. Well, thank you again for listening. This has been Double, Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you on, on the Bruce side. side.